1: We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You heard her. Go subscribe.
2: Hey, everybody. It's Seth. We have our first sponsor today, and it's a fantastic gentleman named Alex Hillman, good friend of mine. He released a book earlier this fall called The Tiny MBA, 100 Very Short Lessons About the Long Game of Business. It's all about business and sales and why people buy money and success, branding and marketing, professional decision-making, investments, dealing with your clients. And for those who don't know Alex, he started Indie Hall. I think it's one of the first, or if not the first co-working spaces in Philly, as well as in the nation, if not the world. This book is fantastic. It is 107 pages full of great knowledge. You can get through it in a half an hour, but you're going to want to go back again and again. You can pick this up at socl.bz slash tinymba. That's socl.bz slash tinymba. I can't put it down. You won't be able to either. Check it out. Socl.bz slash tinymba. Thanks, guys, and thanks, Alex, for sponsoring the show. to the Digital Marketing Dive Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to season two, episode 14. Yes, episode 14 of the Digital Marketing Dive Podcast. I'm Seth with Goldstein Media, and with me is as always the amazing and talented Shannon. Of Diane Business Consulting. Hey Shannon, how's it going?
1: Going great. Thank you so much, Seth. I appreciate it.
2: Always. And then guess who we have today? This is
1: I'm I'm, so excited. I'm stoked.
2: stoked. We're making him blush. (laughs) (laughs) We have the amazing Rand Fishkin, the, the founder of Moz, who he is now the former CEO of Moz. He is the amazing author of Lost and Founder which is like every startup should read this.
1: Yes. All of this start business owners, the entrepreneurs, truth. founders, read the book. Read because the book. It's, because it's the truth. Yes. If, I, if this
2: book was out maybe three or four years prior, I've been like, maybe I shouldn't have joined that startup that burned. Maybe that's what happened. So it's a great book. I love it. We'll talk about that a little bit. And also Spark Toro. How would you describe Spark Toro? I've been trying to tell Shannon, like, how do you describe it?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a tool for audience research. Oh, well, he's practiced. He
2: has. He said that like the five-second like elevator pitch down pat. Wow. I was trying to describe it, and it takes me like five minutes. I mean, oh, I love the cool. tool. I'm in there playing with it and all that, but.
0: Yeah, it's- like a lot of folks will sort of just say it's, it's a tool to instantly discover what your audience reads, watches, listens to, follows. It's pretty cool.
1: I mean, that's it, awesome. It, it, it's it's a lot of
0: fun.
2: I mean, it can be a time suck because if you go in there without a clear goal, you're in there. You're like, "Oh, I can go over here. Oh, I can go over there." <laughs> and it's, it's it's a fun tool, and I can t- and you can tell that Rand, you you and your your co founder really enjoy the tool itself. Like it's it's a labor yeah. of love. Like, which yeah, I really yeah. Like. I
0: think you know we were very frustrated by how inaccessible data like this was, especially at scale and and. Okay solving a big data problem like that to be just be able to say, oh, you you want to know what I don't know, software engineers in Newfoundland, Canada are following. We can tell you that. Oh, you want to know what podcasts are popular with woodworkers in Texas? Boom, we can tell you that. Oh, you're interested oh, in amazing. yeah, helping people who snowboard on amateur teams. You want to reach them through you know podcasts or webinars or events or figure out who they're following on social or learn which yeah. hashtags they're using we can tell you all that too so it, it's cool to be able to just you know type in a search and then magically all that data appears definitely a, a a long labor of love you know i think we spent almost 18 months building it before we launched last year so it's
2: yeah i was i was watching from afar because you know i follow you on twitter and is it is, is Twitter, Would you say Twitter is really like your social? Other than, is like your, that's like your social media. Like that's that's your thing.
0: Uh, let's see. I use kind of in order: Twitter, LinkedIn. Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I, I use Facebook. Oh, yeah. um, and I, yeah, I would say I barely use Facebook at all. I basically just post blog updates to my my business page or my, whatever they call it, public yeah. figure page. That's what it is. Public, yeah, the Actually, and you know what? I do use Reddit quite a bit, but as a consumer more than, a, more than an active contributor.
2: Yeah, Reddit's gotten very good lately. It, it, it's I, it's I, a... I, you, it used to be Huge kind platform. of like used to be kind of like in the outskirts of stuff, but like I'm on Reddit every day looking at something. It seems like
0: yeah, ditto. I think I think Reddit has built a very very effective feedback loop, content loop. I think that they're um, likely to have a lot of success with the IPO. That's that's yeah, I know. that's banned. exciting.
2: Sure. Exactly. it can also be very dangerous in the financial world, as they've proven. With the yeah. whole GameStop stuff GameStop stuff. I mean, so Spar Toro, I remember when you first started talking about it, you had just I think you had just left Moz and you said, I'm up to something. And so when everyone says when he, you say you're up to something, we're like, Oh, what is it? And you started like releasing stuff slowly about what you're talking about and whatnot.
0: How's it going so far with SparkToro? So I left Moz almost three years ago exactly. Oh wow, okay. And uh, yeah, spent the first 18 months kind of building Sparktora. We raised a little bit of money, non-venture money this time, which you know, I think-
2: <laughs> If you read the book, you yes? will know why. Yes. You will know why. <laughs> nothing, yes, nothing, I... nothing against venture capitalists. But we, you learn why Iran didn't do it that way.
0: This I mean, some things against them, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> I honed
1: in on that point because I had an, like last fall, I was kind of looking at that and decided I needed to bring on a CFO and a COO and get our strategy in place first before I started committing to funds coming my way. So I really zoned in. Yes, yeah, I really this zoned book, yeah. in on that chapter.
0: Shannon, I don't know if you've checked it out, but um, we we raised money in a very unique way for SparkToro. So if you Google SparkToro funding, you'll yeah. see we sort of put together our own um, structure and <laughs> that, that a few other startups have used it, it might be useful to you and, sure. and to listeners. Um, and yeah. if so, that would, you know, that would bring me great joy. We open sourced our documents, so our lawyers prepared them I in a way such awesome. that anyone can download them and fill in their own stuff and raise money that way.
1: Sure.
0: That's, oh, that's amazing. Awesome. Thank you. Um,
2: is, yeah, yeah, that absolutely. So that's geek-tastic. I love that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that but awesome. uh, so we uh, we basically, right, spent that first 18 months building. Uh, we re- we launched in April of last year. So we've been live for 11 months and it is going, Um, I would say we are significantly ahead of expectations uh, in terms of budget, but not satisfied i don't know how to describe it you know like as when you're when you're a startup like you have this weird mentality like Mm -hmm. every day is different from oh my gosh this is amazing i can't believe how much we've accomplished in such a short amount of time to like oh i feel terrible we didn't have any sales in the last day or two and you know (laughs) what's gonna happen how's so this week sales picked up but uh oh, two great. weeks ago sales were down and like you know it just it's it's a roller coaster man i think it you just
1: hit on the emotions of every entrepreneur ever right yes. you see those memes where it's like i think i'm gonna go from here to here and and it's more like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's
2: the story yeah, of my
1: life all did that. It, yeah. it's, just, it's a roller coaster you don't know and it's a lot of times what area are you I'm focused on in my company. And then in the next second I can focus on something else and it looks completely different. So yes. I
0: yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it's, um, I mean, look, we, uh, I learned a ton of lessons from Moz and that experience. I think, you know, Casey learned a ton from, from his time at, at Ookla and HubSpot and Wistia. And, and he was with me for a few years there at Moz too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is still an absolute slog, um, Building a business. And I, I have deep, deep empathy. I'm almost, um, I am both grateful and uh, a little tired. It's, and it's weird, right? How the pandemic gave us all sort of this extra time like, oh, I don't have, you know, I don't have all the commitments that I previously had. I'm no longer traveling. I don't see friends. I can't see family. I'm, mm-hmm. I, you know, I go to the store and to restaurants less. And somehow, Despite all of that time savings, it feels both busier and more overwhelmed, and just emotionally and intellectually harder to process days than ever before. And oh I—that that is not a um, a me thing, <laughs> you know. I'm probably that's an everybody thing. Yeah, no, that's an everybody thing. And so I just have, you know, I have a great deal of empathy, especially for entrepreneurs and people at small and medium businesses who are trying to build something right now. Because um, I think yeah. it's, a, it's a very challenging time. And, you know, in the macro picture of the U.S. economy, there's this like just increasing gains going to, you know, wealthy organizations and, and sort of the biggest companies and the wealthiest mm-hmm. individuals. And then everybody else whose who's productivity the last, you know, 25 years has skyrocketed but who are seeing very little gains in terms of their average compensation on that front. So I, I would love to see a world where there's way more small and medium businesses. I want to build businesses that help small and medium businesses. I want to create content and do marketing and Mm -hmm. talks and all that kind of stuff that, that helps small and medium businesses. I, there's a lot of money to be had helping the fortune 2000, but I don't really care about them. Sorry. Yeah, no, but, but, but that's what I love about Spartoro is that it's also accessible. Yeah. yeah. You, ha- you,
2: have, you have a free account, which is, a ten, I think it's 10 searches a month, which is completely usable. And then you have, I think it was, 50, then it starts at 50 a month for, or at least last time I checked, it's 50 a month for more than that, obviously with more perks and stuff like that. And yeah. up from there, I love I love when there's and that's one thing I love about Moz, too is that there's always something free, yes, on the other side to be a little cynical. It's a way to get your talent into the person and say, "Come be a you know a client." But it's also you're saying, "Hey, this could be helpful to you. Here's some tools to help out everybody." And it's yeah. very, it's very. I mean, if you read the book, it's very Rand-like.
0: <laughs> I mean,
2: I, it, it, it
0: is. It, I, I have been a, very a consistent. uh I don't know counterculturalist on the on the enterprise side for sure.
1: I am 100% a Rand fiskin motto hero here. This is great. I am all about it. it. My company works with small businesses. And the fact is, it is so difficult for them to like break through a lot of those barriers. And so anyone serving them in that way, and that is allowing them entry-level points and and willing to grow with them. I'm all over. That's amazing. It's
0: fantastic. I I like companies that help those folks as well. And I, and I think that that's a, uh, there's something. Look, I mean, capitalism is not the most noble of pursuits, right? But if you're going to engage in building a company and you know growing your revenue and all those kinds of things, I think um, one of one of the ways to mitigate the harm that you do is to help other small and medium businesses, small organizations, individuals um, accomplish their goals. Like that you know that well, it's, and, it's a and... good way.
1: I agree. And I think, I think that part of it is people have these amazing ideas and services and want to change the world and want to change their communities and the economy and those kinds of things. And often they don't have the ability to take it from point A to point B to point C to yeah. point D. So any company that's able to link arms and move forward together, we all have skills. We all have talents. We all have abilities to help each other. And, and working in that way, we all win and i think that's what's important to me as a ceo and i love hearing other people have similar views.
0: oh i'm uh, i'm thrilled to hear that Jam. and yeah, i think on the on the digital marketing side in particular, you know, as we get into tactics and strategies like there is a, it's very it's a very very different ecosystem and my sense is that a lot of the you know, sort of classic fundamentals of marketing and a lot of the Digital tactics and techniques that are taught are meant for um, sort of big business enterprise, um, large consumer product group businesses, and big B2B stuff. And unfortunately, that leaves out a ton of, hey, how do I, you know, over the past year, there's been a ton of this in lockdown, of course, right? Like, how do I take my small business and get it online, and start to make sales there, and start to do Mm -hmm. marketing there, and build up a community there, because I have no option to do that in the real world anymore. Mm -hmm. I think it's still an underserved and underappreciated sector of the market. I really want to see more businesses at scale serving those folks, but there's this like, venture capital world hates serving that segment. In particular, Mm -hmm. they, they feel like that is just a a recipe for disaster because those folks tend to have high churn. Right. So, like, you know, if you're a small business, you know, if you're a small business, like I'm emailing with people like this all the time, they email, they're like, Hey, we're canceling our SparkTora account. We really love it. But you know, we, we need to save the budget this month. Great. That's fine. Like that's, that's no problem. I, I, I'm, I am happy to serve you. If I had investors know they'd be like, don't ever get those people as customers. I don't, we don't want to see them on the books because their CLTV and their, their churn rate and their, you know, monthly estimate of contribution to margin is not good enough. And they make your SaaS business metrics look terrible. Stop serving them.
2: Mm -hmm. And that's a sad thing, right? And,
0: And there's a lot of pressure if you, if you're going to go raise money or try and raise your next round or please your current investors or be, you know, Sort of of interest to an acquirer or try to go public, you've got a really tough sell on that front.
2: It is. I mean, and that's something I love about your book. the book back up here. Um, Lost and Founder is that it really spells out, and you you take no prisoners, which is a good thing. Like you, <laughs> you say, and I mean, in the most respectful way possible, you you spell out. Here's what you know. Here's how I started Moz, here's here's the lineage of Moz and how it got started and here's our steps of what we did here here's what we liked about it here's what we didn't like about it and it and it really you know this you put this book out after you left Moz, i assume right
0: <laughs> uh as i was leaving it was um yeah there but, was but, a... but,
2: was, but that's the whole idea is that and it's nice to see a business book that spells out things <laughs> the way they actually are and it's not sugarcoating anything it's yeah, there was a
0: whole, um, I'm not sure I've told this story before, but there was a whole like uh, dispute between the attorneys representing Maz's leadership team, and um, I had to hire an attorney, which was incredibly expensive over, over the course of a year, um, to represent me in discussions about my uh, departure and severance agreement, and, and one of the big points of conflict was that the leadership team wanted a copy of my book that they could like make changes to before it came out. And of course, yeah, my publisher, Penguin Random House was like, oh, hell no. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, a former
2: journalist. Right.
0: Yeah. So uh, there there ended up being an eventual compromise, took months of back and forth. And, you know, you're paying like hundreds of dollars an hour. Sure. For lawyers on both sides. Right. But eventually the compromise was I would send them chapters where their individual names were mentioned but with no ability to edit or, or give feedback. So like here's this thing before it goes live. But here's a heads up. But yeah, the thing here's is the I heads don't up.
2: I don't feel like the book is not yeah you didn't throw anyone under the bus. No. You know, the, I mean, it was very he...
0: random like, if anyone's following it's very... it's very pleasant. Yeah and there's there's only one person thrown under the bus in the book. This guy, <laughs> yeah, it, but, yeah, but then but, you, but you're on
2: in, in the book, you're honest about like your your shortcomings, what you decide, like why you did this and how you would have mm-hmm. done it differently. Everyone else, you talk about some, about, even the VCs, you say, Well, here's what I did right, here's what I did wrong, here's what I expected. Like, there's like it's very, I guess, for my kids, from a kid from corporate Quaker school, it's very Quaker like, it's, it's very not. Up front, it's not very like in people's faces saying, You're a jerk, you're a jerk, you're a jerk. No, it's saying, Here's this is my take on it, and not throwing anyone under the bus. And, I, and it, it was a very good read because of that. Okay. There, was no, there was no vindiction, I guess. Yeah, well, no, and I think, um, uh, uh,
0: to be fair, my uh, my editor at Penguin, uh, Nikki Papadopoulos, who who edited this book and and about you know tons of others in her career, she she really um is an absolute professional. She sort of perfectly, I think, synchronized the lines between this is deeply interesting and people will care about it and it will be useful to them and it will have them hungry for the next page. And also there's no reason to tell it in a yeah vindictive or angry way, right? Yeah. And that will not... Um, that tone, that voice is both not you and not lasting.
2: That's what I liked about the book. Yeah. And a lot of these books I'm reading, like I, we just had Mark Schaefer on the sh- show, and his books read like him, like, mm. and like this reads like you. Know, this reads like like one giant tweet storm. <laughs> yeah, you
0: know? one, gi- one giant.
2: <laughs> tweet. But, it, but it does. It reads like you know you put your thought into it, you and you tweet it out. It has your personality in it. It, it, it gets who you are has pictures which is nice don't knock not that because sometimes business books they don't have pictures you know with diagrams and stuff yeah it's hard to grasp certain things and it's a perfectly placed these diagrams right where you think you might lose the reader there's a diagram that explains it and it's like oh thank god so i very, very much appreciate it i love the book almost done it finally i mean it's been one of those books where i've put it down for a few months picked it up and was like all right we're having random i'm going to finish this book I am like the last chapter. I'm like, oh, I almost got there. Almost got there in time. But it, it, I mean, it's a great book. I'm finishing it.
1: I honestly, I think the beauty of it is you are putting yourself out there in an authentic way. You're showing the upheaval. You're showing the pros, the cons, the pitfalls, that kind of thing. And, and saying, look, entering into this world is not a instant ticket for stardom or for um, billions of dollars and you're not presenting it. Hey, I've got a three-step formula. And if you just follow this, you're going to be the next Mark Zuckerberg. Uh It's not like that. And, and founder's world is not like that. Entrepreneurship is not like that. I appreciate you putting yourself out there and saying, Look, this is what it actually looks like. And that authenticity, I think, really resonates right now on a myriad of levels. I really liked it. That was
0: actually one of the toughest parts of the sell to publishers, right? So, you know, in traditional publishing world, you sort of, you know, you get an agent, you put together a pitch, you fly to New York and like, well, pre COVID, right? You fly to New York and like you go pitch. Remember what that's like? Yeah. (laughs) It's very, it's funny because totally different incentives very different type of person but it felt very similar to me to going to silicon valley and pitching for venture capital right so like mm. i'm trying to get my book published i'm trying to get you know my company funded it had a lot of similarities on that front but i with the publishing side the i think a lot of the feedback was hey business books tend to sell best when they are here's the secret to success for right whatever it is. Right. And, you know, if I look at all the books on my shelf, yeah, they're all, you know, they're, they're sort of summarizable, you know, here's this one way to do this thing. And I love some of those books. I, I was just talking to April Dunford who wrote obviously awesome and fantastic book on positioning, but it is very, you know, here's one thing, here's the secrets to positioning. Here's how to do it. Very tactical. I like it. I think that's super useful, but it wasn't the book that I had. Right. And that no. because it was non-standard, it was a tough sell.
2: But I liked it. It was not standard. I liked it. It was kind of autobiographical bio- a little bit. There was a little, there's a lot of Rand in it. There's also like, here's what, but it's, it's a cautious less le- lessons of what you should yeah. keep an eye out for. If you want to do this great, go for it. I'm not going to tell you not to yeah. do it. But be aware, here's what I bumped into on the way.
0: Yeah, I think uh, that, you know, a lot of it was um, Nikki's input basically saying like, hey, here's this valuable lesson, almost a mini business book in each chapter that you're trying to give people. um, And what I want you to do is essentially take data, take stories and experiences, and then put your own experience as the narrative that, that makes it interesting to a reader right they through the chapter like oh they want to see how the story goes and and how the story ends and so they'll read it through and then also they'll pick up this knowledge as they go through that i thought that yeah. was a very a very wise uh, <laughs> content structuring tactic it Absolutely.
2: was it was and i also love you know because everyone who follows you on social media knows that you have a better half that is fantastic and i love that you give her the a hat tip, geraldine a hat tip in the book saying it you know, she was very oh. intricate and intricate. I'm not sure if that's a word, but you know, she was very, had a big had a role in Maz and how much you appreciate her and all that. I, I saw that yeah. big smile on my face. I'm like, she made an appearance. It, it was so yeah, funny. So I love that. funny story.
0: When I flew to New York to pitch publishers with Lost and Founder, she also flew to New York and pitched publishers for her book oh, uh, yeah. all over the place. And she got a deal. I think she got a deal right before I did. It was sort of like, you know, near, nearly simultaneous. Um, And uh, I believe her, her advance, this is speaking of, you know, gender imbalances, her advance was much smaller than mine, Mm. but her book has outsold mine. Well, there you go. Karma. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that is uh, in my you but, know, yeah, guess, uh, there's a lot of devaluing of certain kinds of foci and labor and voices. Publishing, yeah. yeah. tragically, is no different.
2: Exactly, exactly. But I guess you can say that couples that publish together stay together. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I Absolutely. had to say that. I had to say that. But yeah, definitely. But yeah, so what was, I mean, obviously, there's, there, there's venture capital with Moz. There is your own sort of fundraising with SparkToro. We'll have a link in the show notes to your blog post about that. But like what was the most striking difference that you hmm. saw with, with between Moz and Sparktoro? What was it like hmm. the big like, oh my God, this is so freaking different?
0: Yeah, I would say um the incentive model fundamentally changes, which and the venture capital uh, ecosystem essentially closes a bunch of pathways and channels, right? So, you know, Shannon, you were talking about like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to hire an operations person. I want to hire a finance person, right? And they're going to sit down with you and determine w- what your company's strategy will be and which specific tactics you'll follow and what the metrics are that you need to measure. And in venture capital world, there's, there's an extremely specific definition of success, right? The venture capital model is... Uh, Invest in 100 companies, 95 of them basically die, you know, go bust. Two or three of them are mild successes, you know, return three to five X the amount invested. And hopefully one or two are breakout superstar unicorns that return 10 X, 20 X, 50 X and basically make the fund. And so the incentive for every company inside the venture portfolio is to try and become those one or two unicorns. Um, and that means growth at all costs. Growth is much more important than profit. So, you know, Shannon, I don't know how, how is your business? Been? What's its what's structure?
1: We're creating backend companies behind entrepreneurs. So at a fractional level, we provide C-suite, admin, uh, sales, marketing, accounting, IT, HR. We build those companies behind and put an account manager I'm- on them to run it. So the entrepreneur can stay in their lane of passion and driving their business.
0: Got it. And and you're self-funded. Yeah. 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 So, right. So, so as you're building out like each of these services, you, you have the opportunity to say, you know, 2021, we really want to focus on growth. I am happy to, you know, if we want to, I'm happy to burn hundred K or a million dollars of capital, um, and lose that money in order to grow at a faster rate. And next year you could change your mind and say, Hey, I want to make a significant profit this year. Let's cut our costs and expenses. Let's not spend as much on marketing. We're going to try and go more organic. And whatever the growth rate is, it is. I don't care as long as we maintain our happy customers and yada, yada. Or you could say, hey, you know what? I've been doing this a long time. I need three months off. So things are going to be slower and and whatever. And I don't mind. I don't care about that, right? Let's let the business run as it needs to. Every option is on the table. You know, 10 years Mm -hmm. from now, you could sell the company for a fortune. You could shut it down and just be happy with the career you had. You could merge with another business for for stock. You could give it away to your employees. You could donate all the profits to charity. A million options are available to you. Venture capital, one option. Well, two. (laughs) Become a unicorn, die trying. Right, so yeah. every sort of decision that you make at the at the growth level, marketing level, product level, strategy level, it is all fixed by the incentive structure that you have and where you have to go with that, um, which is incredibly different than SparkToro. You know, for example, Casey and I, we chose to keep it just the two of us so that we could be profitable, and the the reason we did that, we, there were two reasons. One we felt like there was a lot of uncertainty in the economy and we didn't want to be exposed to that and potentially have risk and this is and this is pre covid too <laughs> yeah so pre covid and post covid both of those yeah. right we decided hey there's just so much uncertainty um yeah i mean casey was casey was crazy stressed around the election time like he was he was like i you know he thought that the other candidate had a, had a high risk of getting reelected and that that would have knock on effects, you know, economically and on, and on our business, et cetera, et cetera. And so we, um, we made decisions around keeping our costs as low as they possibly could be and optimizing for profit. And as a result, growing slower, we, we haven't run a single ad. We haven't spent a dollar on marketing. Like it's just, that's the choice that we get, get mm-hmm. to make. Sure. If we were venture backed, I'll that is not, that is absolutely not a choice that we could reasonably make, right? We'd need that growth rate in order to make our next round and get the markup that our portfolio, that the portfolio we were in, you know, needed for us. And it's it's different. super different. Yeah. Super, super different.
2: Super different. So Shannon, let's, let that, let's mention your, your event coming up. I think. Absolutely.
1: Very excited. Um, So it switched from the last Friday of March to... The 23rd of April. So, um, we're having Indianapolis. We are having 20 live seats um, for those who are in the Indy area and want to join. We're also doing it virtually. It is for small business owners. We are bringing leaders in in finance operations, sales, and marketing, which are the places the small business owners struggle the most a lot of times. And so our goal is to help people realize that this, we can go at this together. And, and it's an all day event. Um, I'm emceeing on the importance of mindset for small business owners and it's just going to be a fun time check it out it's once more that we've got virtual and live in person which
2: be great yeah
1: i know at the tail end of covid it seems almost magical to have an in-person event at this point yes
2: exactly and also speaking of covid we're not out of the woods yet uh, we want to thank our next sponsor breezy masks silver nano protected um protection i can get i still can't get past the silver <laughs> nano part you just of that. Over that every time yeah every time but they have silver nano protected uh, masks if two the exchange which is five layers of protection if the sport which is more breathable which is two layers of protection link is in the show notes so check those guys out as well back to rand our guest of the hour here so rand when you started mods way back when did you know that it was going to be like a household name, at least in the SEO community?
0: No, no, certainly not. Um, you know, it it started or- originally as a blog and then became a consulting business and then later a software business. And, you know, for, the, for a lot of those years, like we were consistently surprised by sort of how it was taking off. And obviously a ton of that was the fact that we were hitting that market at the right time. Mm-hmm. You know, timing is absolutely huge in a ton of these things. And, and I think there's a lot of people who ascribe brilliance and genius and hard work to what is essentially a lucky break because of excellent timing, right? Yeah, and
2: there's, there's and you uh, being modest, there is some, there's some knowledge, there is some brilliance, there is some, there's a spark oh, of something right. there. There's hard and there's definitely a lot of hard work there I mean yeah you, I mean, yeah you know, anyone who follows you on Twitter knows that you're passionate about what you do yeah you know? yeah
0: but I there were there are absolutely you know 10,000 people in mm-hmm. internet focused software businesses who were working harder and were smarter people and didn't have the success that Moz had because the field that they were in didn't end up taking off mm-hmm. right it's so a lot of that is luck. A lot of that's luck. Yeah. Yeah. Luck and timing and an opportunity, right? I, you know, I happen to be some, be a kid who got a computer when he was pretty young, right? My parents had a computer in my mom's office at home. That was unaffordable for a lot of kids in the late '80s, early '90s, right? So, th- I, that's that's certainly um, a huge leg up. I mean, I'm a dude. I'm I'm white. I'm in the United States of America. I'm in a coastal city with a great airport. I, you know, whatever. Don't, I don't have a lot of things that would hold me back from being able to fly somewhere and get on a stage. You know, my. Yeah, you could
2: get in to Cupertino. You could get down to Silicon Valley very easily.
0: Yeah, right. At like. In
2: an hour or two, yeah.
0: Yeah, my, you know, um, my parents had enough money to pay for a few years of college for me. Like, so, you yeah, know. exactly. Um. It, it's just a, a ton, a ton of lucky breaks and opportunities that I think, unfortunately in, in retrospect, people are like, Oh, he must've been really smart or worked really hard or you know, he's a marketing genius, whatever it is. And you know, if you, if you take the average distribution, like I'm probably somewhere in the middle of the curve. I, I don't, I don't know that I'm a super you know outlier, but it, it just looks that way in retrospect. And so I, I think there's a, um, I don't know, this desire, especially among um American entrepreneurs to just view mm-hmm. them as like superheroes. And they're they're not like if your mom and dad own an emerald mine in South Africa, you're gonna be like doing pretty good regardless of
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know. You have to work
2: really hand. hard to blow that one up.
0: Yes,
2: and there's no pun necessarily intended there, but you know, but yeah, but 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 yeah. And I get that, you know, and and that's one thing I like about our community is that at least the ones that are on the white hat side, they seem to be good people. They are down to earth. They're, and that's the thing I like about the the SEO community is that it's accessible. Yeah. Yeah, I can see
0: Rand and he'll write me back. Web marketers globally, just all over the world. I think because marketing demands empathy, Mm-hmm. You just get a lot of really, really good people that, you know, there's of course some some buttholes out there, but
2: well said. I, yeah.
0: I, I, um, yeah, I have just been shocked and amazed at how many fantastic people Geraldine and I have come across in our travels all over the world and, and in you, you've our- some good friends. You've made some good
2: friends too, like Will Reynolds oh, in Philadelphia, where yeah. you even swapped businesses for what was it? Yeah. I, I love that. I was watching that. You guys sw- swapped businesses for what was it—a like month or a few weeks?
0: Uh, yeah, Will up- and I, Will and I traded traded CEO roles for for a week, um, which is one of the chapters in Lost and Founder. Yeah,
2: yeah. I remember, I watched that live, and I was like, "That's that's cool."
0: <laughs> yeah, that was an it experience.
2: Was, the was culture shock of different things. But Rand, this has been great. Where can people find you? I, I mean, I kind of answer, but other than Twitter, Randfish. Sure. Where can people find out about you?
0: Sure. Yeah, yeah. So I blog fairly regularly, usually about uh, every week at SparkToro.com. Um, and of course, you can try the software for free too there. Uh, I'm also happy to answer questions over email. I'm Rand at SparkToro.com.
2: There you go. He gives out his email address.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can, it turns out if you Google it, Google has a little featured snippet for my email. So, yeah. You know,
2: oh, oh cool. really? They got you there. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no. Well, Shan, this is always fun.
1: Absolutely. Rand, this has been amazing. Honestly, yeah. I've just kind of been listening and taking it in. I appreciate once more your authenticity in this role. It is tough, you know, being an entrepreneur, being CEO, being a founder and, and those are the people we work with every single day. And so I just appreciate you putting yourself out there and, and presenting it like it really is.
2: Oh and Yeah. That's what I love about you. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. If I can be helpful to you or the audience, uh, please let me know. And, and best of luck with the event. That sounds very exciting.
2: Thank you. Uh, we're, all, yeah, exciting. We're, all, we're all cheering along here. And That's we cool. want to thank our sponsors, uh, so many of the time the NBA, Breezy Masks. And of course, Shannon, who's doing that awesome event in the end of April. Hopefully it'll be at the end of April and we won't have to push it off anymore. Absolutely. Everything looks like it's heading in that good direction. Yeah. Uh, check out all the links in the show notes for all that stuff. Please review us on the podcast directory of your choice, Apple Podcasts. I love Podchaser, so check it out over there. We're doing some great stuff over there as well. And you can always find us, Digital Marketing Dive. I'm not going to make the Twitter joke, but Digital Marketing smushed on Twitter. And you can always email us. Since Frank gave his email address, you can email us at hello at digitalmarketingdive.com. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.